Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. 13 minutes to go ahead of the closing bell before we wrap up trading on this Thursday, May 4th. It is a mixed picture for U.S. equities, not only ahead of the close, but ahead of tomorrow morning's jobs report. We have got the S&P now up by half a point. Stocks have been fluctuating right now at 23.88. The Dow remains lower, down 15, a drop of one-tenth of one percent at 20,941. NASDAQ up half a point at 6,072. Gold down 1960 the ounce, a drop of 1.6 percent. The 10-year down 830 seconds, the yield there 2.35 percent. West Texas intermediate crude tumbling 4.9 percent, down 235 the barrel to 45.47. Brent is down 4.7 percent to 48.39. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie Pellet, thank you so much. It is time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here with the Bloomberg ETF report, Bloomberg's Catherine Cowdery. As the ETF universe expands to more than 2,000 listed in the U.S., innovation is underway in the leveraged and inverse ETF space. Regulators have approved the first set of quadruple-leveraged ETFs, spurring outrage on social media, and Direction has launched five new three-times-leveraged ETFs. Sylvia Jablonski, Managing Director at Direction, says they're designed to give investors a way to express their opinion about policy changes in Washington. With the most current headlines today filled with news around policy changes, fiscal, environmental, infrastructural, you know, market participants continue to analyze the impact of the uh, current administration and, and they continue to look for short-term market opportunities. The new direction leveraged ETFs focus on the aerospace and defense sector, industrials, transportation and utility sectors, and there's one for Mexico as well. Leverage and inverse ETFs are designed to be used by sophisticated traders who monitor their investments on a daily basis. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. Roll with the changes. It's not just REO Speedwagon rolling with the changes. Uh, changing market uh, with uh, uh, the Fed hiking rates. We've got some slowing economic data. Uh, and we've got a health care bill that's, uh, who knows what's going to happen with this. John Manley joins us right now to help us figure it all out. He's the chief equity strategist at Wells Fargo Funds. And, uh, uh, John, things are different uh, than they've been really for the last few years right now. The environment's got a lot of different things going on. We've got the market hitting new highs in equities. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what you make of the sort of level of risk in this expensive uh, equities market? You know, it's expensive, but it's sort of the low end of highs. It's, it's expensive, so if something bad happens, I think there's a little more air underneath this. We could come down a bit more sharply. But I don't think it's so expensive that it can't go higher, and it's not so expensive that in and of itself will cause a big correction. We'll talk more about the markets in a moment. i got to go back to the, the news of the day. Mm-hmm. And here we have uh, the House um, passing a bill that will replace Obamacare. John, how do you, as an equity strategist, chief equity strategist over at Wells Fargo Funds, look at these developments on a day-by-day basis? It's almost impossible to try and parse it out day by day, but when you, and, and it's almost impossible to talk about the fundamentals when it comes to something like healthcare and how it affects the stock market. But it's probably good to see something get done. I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, 
is it the right bill? I mean, I'm not the expert to talk about that, and I, I don't have an opinion really about that. You want to see movement in Washington. I want to see signs that things are capable of moving. Uh, gridlock is okay for a while, uh, and I want inefficient government, but it can't be totally dysfunctional. So it's good to see a little progress every now and then. Did you really say you want inefficient government? That's how it was planned. Me, me and Jimmy Madison, we both agree on inefficient government. That's how we set it up. You don't want to live in an, under an efficient government. Um, uh, be, but, you know, a government that does bad things, a government, you know, not, I'm not saying this one does or doesn't, but, you know, yeah. that, there's, there's sort of a notion out there that a, that a gridlocked Congress, that a Congress that shuts down the government isn't such a bad thing. Uh, well, I'm not going to comment on that so much as I will on the fact that I think our economic system is a pretty good one. I mean, we have a market system that's been modified from time to time, and you don't want to always be pure market. But I think the, the private sector does a pretty good job of providing for us, taking care of a lot of things. So, Government's a good thing to have. I'm all for government, but I think don't underestimate the private sector. And if, if government gets criticized or gets welcomed in its gridlock, it's because the private sector can do so much. How do we fix health care? I know you're not a policy oh. expert, but you, I mean, what is the solution? We, I remember when Hillary Clinton was trying to fix it under, under President Bill Clinton. It, it'll never be fixed completely because people want health care, but they don't want to pay for it. Uh, you know, this, my grandmother used to it's say like the internet. Well, you know, but except it's even higher on the Internet staying alive than anything else. And I, I, my own opinion is that there's a certain pressure with new medications, new technology, an aging population. We just don't want it to increase as a percent of GDP. It just has to. I think it's just going to be grudging. Uh, people are I, – I kind of like the sector, but people don't like the sector because they, 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 it comes under very heavy scrutiny and very heavy criticism. And yet without it – I don't think life expectancy would be advancing in the U.S. the way it has been. Well, when you sort of, uh, you know, pencil that out and look at sort of health care plans or even investment, well, let's just talk about retirement, right? So we've got people living longer and longer. Uh, forget the, the Google projects and so on that want to extend life beyond uh, imaginable uh, numbers, but except for biblical Old Testament numbers, right. perhaps. Uh, but then we've also got, um, uh, you know, the sort of plans for retirement, the models around retirement really written around um, equity and, uh, and and bond returns of the last twenty or thirty years, um, and we already see sort of pensions trying to sort of creeping out on the, on the risk curve, trying to get back to what their models had penciled in with uh, uh, or written in with with their depository uh, issues. I wonder if you look at the expected returns of funds that were well, managed by Wells Fargo and think something's going to change here because people are living longer and need more money. Well, I think they have to work longer. <laughs> That's probably the, the only answer to that. You probably have a certain ratio of working life to retirement life, and as your life expands, both numbers get higher. And I think you have that to deal with sense. that. That makes sense. It does. Well, you know, again, I, uh, what's the famous line from Sergeant Pilka? All I want is an honest week's wage for an honest day's work. You know, we all want something more than we probably really should get. And I think uh, we'll just have to work longer. We are going to be healthier. That's one of the reasons we live longer, so we should work longer. And I think the right. old idea of out at 62, out at 65, out at 66, well, that's okay if you're going to live to be 69 or 70. But when life expectancy is creeping up into the 80s, I think you have to expect to work longer. I do wonder if economists and folks need to start looking at kind of the model changing a little bit, right? If, if we work longer, so what does that mean? We're putting more into the system um, and able to kind of deal with higher health care costs. I don't know. I, I think so. Well, we have to do something. I mean, yeah. you, know, it, it, you can... I think you can work until you feel you can't work any longer. I mean, you want to have a golden hour. I'm getting close to what used to be retirement age. I don't feel like retiring. So I think, you know, maybe I'm just jealous of people who can do it. But I I think the idea of working while you can, doing what you can to stay interested, uh, is is a good thing. You know, that's outside my purview, obviously. But I I think that, that these problems are solvable. 
If you're working, though, right now at kind of trying to figure out this market and investing in this market, you mentioned health care offering some value. What else do you like out there? I think technology is going to be pretty good. I think they're they're not particularly cheap, but... I think it's still a growth sector. The numbers are still being beaten. The expectations are being beaten. Even the names that have run up dramatically and that are a lot, lot in many ways, responsible for the move up that we've seen in, ta- ta- in, in tech, Facebook, right. Google, Amazon, Netflix. Nothing goes up forever. But there will be corrections before. I think the, the, as long as the fundamentals keep coming through, valuation corrections tend to be buying opportunities. And I take some comfort in that. It's when the fundamentals start to mess up that you have the big declines. And that's what I want to want to avoid. But I haven't seen any sign that's about to happen. Uh, it, it, then, can I ask you one stock really quick? 30 seconds here. Tesla. What do you make of the top Tesla I can't trace? talk about individual stocks, so I'm just amazed that we're back to electric cars. Can seem be far behind. <laughs> John Manley, great stuff. John yeah. Manley, our chief equity strategist uh, with Wells Fargo's funds, joining us here in the studio. It's always good to see you uh, in real life. Yes, Worth indeed. the trip from California, this alone. He's been busy. He's been traveling around. Uh, folks, you are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Master, along with Corey Johnson, just taking a look at the stock market. Right now, the S&P 500 off its lows, but just up a point. Dow Jones Industrial Average down about nine and a half points off its low as well. And NASDAQ, uh, we're seeing about a three-point gain as we speak. We've got the closing numbers for you in just a moment on Wall Street. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio.